Welcome, everybody, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. Extra hype for this episode right here. I'm your ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. Why am I extra hype? Because this is the prediction episode. That's right. The season is finally upon us. The Giants 2018 season. They could finally get on the field and get that ridiculous taste that all Giants fans must have in their mouth after last year. I mean, they went 3-13, and an utter disaster of a season, but now everything starts anew. Zero and zero. The Giants get to get on the field and show everybody that they're not that bad. You get to see Saquon Barkley. You get to see Odell Beckham Jr. Remember that guy? He hasn't played since October in a game for the Giants. So to see those two guys alone, a left tackle and Nate Solder who can play, Eli Manning, who a lot of people think can be rejuvenated this season. So there's reasons to be optimistic. The Giants are going to be better. There's no doubt about that. They're going to be better. They went 3-13. and They're going to be better. By default, they're better. By getting Odell Beckham Jr. back alone, they're significantly better. I mean, he's that good. So, how good can this team be? That is the question. Um, are they a legitimate Super Bowl contender? I would lean strongly to no on that. Are they an outside playoff contender? I would say that's a possibility. I think that, I don't think that's unrealistic to say if a lot of things go right for this Giants team. That they can win nine games, maybe even get to ten if, you know, everything goes perfectly. So, there's optimism. There's reasons to be optimistic. It doesn't begin with the schedule. They have a very tough schedule. Uh, we'll go over it real quick with you right here. The first seven weeks of the season are the Jacksonville Jaguars. That'll be at home for the Giants. But tough game. Jacksonville's really good. At Dallas in their home opener. At Houston in their home opener versus the New Orleans Saints. At Carolina, another pretty good team. The Saints, by the way, are a really good team. At Carolina, okay. Home on a Thursday night primetime against the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles. And then on the road against a really good loaded roster team, Atlanta Falcons. So seven, seven tough games really to start the season. If you look at it, I mean, maybe things will unfold differently and they won't all be tough and someone will be without their quarterback or all their good players or whatever. But it's going to be a tough grind for this Giants team. Three and four, I think if you're a Giants fan, if you're the Giants, you sign for three and four right now. Three and four would be a pretty good start for this team. Now, I'll give you my prediction real quick and then we'll get into it. We'll, I'll bring in someone way smarter than me. And we'll, we'll talk projections for the season and the Giants, some individual players, some teams in general. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Mike Clay, ESPN fantasy expert and NFL analyst. He'll, he'll come in and join us. But in the meantime, I'll tell you, I have the Giants at eight and eight. It's an improvement. They'll be decent. They'll be pretty good. Withstanding injuries is a major concern of mine with this team. Not sure how they'll be able to do that. That is going to be. Something that you need to keep an eye on. Who gets injured? I mean, this is the NFL. Everyone gets injured. They're, every team has injuries. What positions? Is it something the Giants can withstand? We'll see. But 8-8 eight and eight is my pick. I think the offense, yes, they have all these shiny tools and shiny weapons. I think this is a 
average to above average offense, though. I don't think they're going to be a top offense. I know Pat Shermer should make them better. His scheme is, is, you know what? He has this scheme is a little bit of everything, but he's very open minded. He conforms it to the people on his roster. But I still think in the end, and then they have weapons and the weapons will make them good. They'll be able to score points. They'll be able to, will they be able to sustain consistent offense is my concern between the offensive line being, in my opinion, still below average ceiling average and a quarterback who can't move he's average at this point of his career probably below average I would lean towards below average I think their ability to sustain consistent offense is still going it's still going to be hard so they'll be a average to good offense they won't be a great offense even though they have Odell Beckham Jr. one of the best wide receivers if not the best wide receiver in the league so Saquon Barkley who's going to be tremendous especially out of the backfield catching the ball. Going to love him. Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, really good tools, really good weapons. But I think they'll be limited by their quarterback and his lack of mobility combined with the offensive line, which still isn't, which still is probably a little below average. And as for the defense, mixed unit, right? They were so good in 2016, so bad in 2017. I think they'll be better, probably somewhere in between. So when you have an average offense, or a little above average, and a, probably around an average defense, what do you get? You get an average team. Special teams will be improved, but they were the single worst special teams in the NFL last year. So let's say they improve to average. You I mean, this is an average team all the way around. And that's what I see from the New York Giants. The schedule could make them below average, because that that's that's a some, that's an obstacle they're going to have to overcome. Uh, they have weaknesses. They behind Eli Manning. What happens if if something happens to him, which never happened in his career? But uh, right now, and we'll talk about this real quick, and I'll get this out of the way. We'll talk about the backup quarterback situation. Davis Webb is gone. They cut him. He's now with the Jets on their practice squad. And Kylo Letta and Alex Tanny are the two quarterbacks. And I'm the way I see it, the Giants like Kylo Letta. He's going to be their backup, in my opinion. The way the, the way this shakes out, maybe not Week One. But eventually, Kylo Lett is going to be their guy. They like this guy. They think he's got the dog in him. They think he has that it factor. So, Davis Webb wasn't their guy. They liked Loletta better. And they decided to move on from Davis Webb. I think Davis Webb could still play in the league. Do I think he's a high-end starter? Probably no. I mean, I never, I never was on that boat. Do I think he could be a low-end starter? Yeah, there's potential there. He's got a good arm can move a little bit, throw on the run. Is he probably a good backup? Yeah. I think that's probably where he's at. But now he's no longer with the Giants. They wanted Kylo Leto. That was the guy that Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer drafted. And that's the guy they're going to roll with. So that's that. It's the backup quarterback position. We move on. Week one, around the corner. I'm excited. So let's get straight to Mike Clay. Let's go. On to the next one. All right, let's bring in Mike Clay, ESPN fantasy and NFL analyst, just an expert in all regards. Really, uh, Mr. Projection over there himself. I mean, he, he does, he handles, you, how much of the projections you handle for ESPN over there, Mike, in regards to the, the fantasy um, and the, the, the season wide? 
Yeah, uh, fantasy NFL I do 100%, and that includes like fullbacks, punters, head coaches, returners. We got, we got it all. I do it all. So, so yeah, I keep busy. So if you want to get, you want to see, if you look at ESPN's projections, you're looking at Mike's projections, basically. That that that's, so we, we yeah, could change the name. We could change the name to Mike's projections, right? We could, we could. I don't know <laughs> if that would be good or bad. I would probably take uh, a little bit more heat than I already do for them. So. <laughs> well, I, I'm yeah. sure that's a, always a fun thing. The projection business, from what I understand, is a big thing too. Like there's like a there's like competitions between people who have projection based models out there. Um, I, yeah, I guess so. There, there are definitely some out there. I think I'm going to enter one this year. Someone, uh, in the industry is going to run one. So yeah, we'll see. I, I, they used to, they used to be more prominent and I fared pretty well. I think that's kind of how I got on the, the ESPN radar way back when, but, uh, yeah, they've kind of quieted down in recent years. All right. So give me a quick, uh, before we go over your projections, give the people a quick rundown of, you know, I, we don't need your secret sauce because obviously you don't want to give away that formula. That's what makes Mike Clay special, but. We want to know how do you get to your projections? Like what what is your what's your process? What do you lean on? How much is your eyes? How much is the stats? Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's uh again, I could spend probably a couple hours on this. Uh, you know, this is a model I built you know almost a decade ago, and I just keep working on it. I keep chipping away at it. You know, as you get time to study more and more variables, you can do that. Does Thursday night football? actually affect the numbers uh you know is this how much is the bye week factor and what's the weather does the wind matter is it matter right. if it's snowing or raining i mean you just go on and on but you know it really just comes down to knowing the league studying the league trends the the team trends the coaches the coordinators the players and uh you know i get asked this question a lot you know i get probably 30 40 times a year someone will email me and say hey i'm interested in projections how uh do i do it and the the bottom line is you have to be prepared to put a lot of work on it, not just when you're on the clock. You need to stay up daily with NFL transactions, know the players, know how they fit into schemes, uh, You know, again, how good they are, you know, how, how much volume they're going to see. It changes every single day, and, and that's really the bottom line. You have to be a sports nerd like I am and just stay on top of it nonstop. So in summation, you factor everything in. I got it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, oh we- yeah. There's a... Yeah, there's a statistical uh, aspect to it, and there's a there's a subjective uh, aspect to it as well. It's 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 really everything that goes right. into it. So it's kind of about finding what your middle ground is on both of those, I assume. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Both, but certainly both sides. I mean, you know, there's the NFL is such a complicated sport that it's not, uh, you know, like baseball. You can almost get away with, uh, okay, this guy's pitching today. Here's the lineup, and and everything processes statistically. It's not that simple with the NFL because there are so many variables that, uh, you know, so much variance that we can't control that you have to put a little bit of a human touch on everything. Well, so this is the Giants prediction episode, right, of the Breaking Blue podcast here. So let's get into your projections, right? And we'll start with the big overview. You got the Giants as projection wins at 6.7, which you say is ranked 28th out of 32. Not overly optimistic. Well, give us a why. Why is that? Well, the bottom line is, I mean, if the Giants were in the AFC, I'd have a little bit more optimism that they could sneak into a wild card or maybe even take one of those divisions. But uh, the NFC is obscenely loaded. I mean, there are a lot of interesting sleeper teams in the NFC that just don't have a chance because – of the powerhouses. I mean, you look at Philadelphia, Minnesota, New Orleans, and the Rams. I mean, those were all division winners last year that have a great chance to repeat because they pretty much all got better in the offseason, or at least they lost some guys, they replaced them. You have the Packers with Aaron Rodgers back. You have the Falcons with uh, Matt Ryan and a very good, balanced team. Yeah, they got a good, got a good roster, the Falcons. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you just have a lot of teams. It makes it tough. It makes it tough for sleeper teams, you know, like the the Forty ers and and the Bears, of course, and even the Giants, Cowboys, Redskins. I like the Redskins too on paper, uh, better than most. So it's just going to be hard for these teams to crack uh, into the playoff mix. So why why aren't the Giants up there with those top teams? Well, uh, you know, you and I have talked about it before, Jordan. I mean, they, they have a lot of talent at the top of the roster, a lot of superstars: Barkley, Beckham. Obviously, Ingram, they bring in Nate Solder, Jenkins, Collins, Harrison, Vernon. I mean, very. you, you hear that list, you're like, yeah, this is a great team. Right. But what, what do they have behind those guys? I mean, the depth is a major concern. After those guys, there's a big drop-off, and they have holes on, on the edge. Uh, opposite Vernon, off-ball linebacker, corner's a problem. Quarterback, obviously, is the big one. We don't know what, what Eli Manning we're going to get this year. We haven't seen a good version of him in, in several years. So I think you add it all up, and it just doesn't look good to me. Your biggest concern, you know, when when you go over in the projections and your model and stuff, when you look at it, what's the, the if you had a single, you know, single one thing out, what what is that biggest concern? Um, I think it's I think it's quarterback. Uh, I, you know, that's the easy answer. Um, right. You know, certainly it's Eli Manning. Is well, it's the most influential poorly. too, right? I mean, so that that adds yeah. to it. I would say that's the most influential concern. I would say if you look at the roster and you're saying, okay, which position group is the worst relative to the rest of the league, I would say linebacker. Uh, Ogletree is not a very good player. He hasn't been for several years. I don't really know what they were thinking trading assets for a player that the Rams, who now have a problem at off-ball linebacker, were willing to move on from him. You know, they, right. they, that's, a, that's a Rams. That's the weak spot on the Rams defense, and they're like, yeah, we're going to get rid of our, our top guy there. Because and pay $20 million over two years. I mean, he's guaranteed $10 yeah. million this year and next year. So that's a yeah, that's a big and, and, financial price and assets. So yeah, absolutely. And, and the Rams obviously knew they made a mistake there because they move on from him. And uh, you know you have BJ Goodson there, obviously Ray Ray Armstrong, K Davis. We'll we'll see how it sorts out. But uh, that again, relative to the league, if you're comparing that to the rest of the NFL, that is one of the weakest for sure in the league. Yeah, I do like BJ Goodson. I think he could develop into uh, a, an average above average starter, which would, which would be a good thing for the Giants. I mean, uh, you have them. I, I think like. Yeah, I saw you break down position groups. It was like a point one. They got the Giants. Yeah, at, 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 yeah at, be, tell people yeah. out of how many. Yeah, thirty first out of thirty two. So they that's where they rank in at, uh, second to last. Would, that is not exactly in, overly encouraging. So, um, okay, now let's get back to Eli for a second. Right, you have him at twenty six touchdowns, fifteen interceptions. Your projections, four thousand yards. Right. That seems pretty decent. Is that way lower than other guys in comparison? I mean, to me, with the, from, just from looking at that, it seems like, okay, you, you still think he's going to put up decent numbers, but you have, still have concerns about him. Explain that. Yeah, um, it, I, it's the efficiency that's the problem. I mean, you can, you can build up a ton of counting stats and not be you know very good. I mean, we saw that from Blake Bortles a couple of years ago as well. Uh, but I do think... With with this new offense under Pat Shermer, they're going to be throwing the ball plenty. In fact, I have the Giants ranked first in pass attempts, third in dropbacks, first in pass attempts, fourth in completions, top 12 in yardage and touchdowns, because I think they're going to be a team that wants to throw it. And I know they have Saquon Barkley, but they're also going to be behind in the second half in this tough, very tough conference. I have them with the second hardest schedule in the league, so you're, that's going to lead to a lot of second half passing. And it's going to mean volume for Manning, but again, that doesn't mean efficiency. He throws a lot of interceptions. That's a problem. And, oh, yeah, he doesn't add anything with his legs, which, you know, 10 years ago wasn't a big deal. Yeah. In 2018, 
it more so is. You even have guys like Kirk Cousins, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Alex Smith. These guys all add a couple hundred yards with their legs. will score some touchdowns. Manning is not an asset there. He's just a pocket quarterback. So he has to deliver. He has to not turn the ball over. He has to complete a high rate of his passes. And he just hasn't done that in recent years. My concern on that, and really, look, not everybody runs. Like Tom Brady doesn't run. Uh, Drew Brees doesn't run. But you still have to be able to move around the pocket. There's just – there's the. The amount of times that guys have clean pockets nowadays is has it's just it's a rare thing. Like you're constantly under pressure, and that that's probably not going to change this year for Eli Manning. Yeah, uh, no doubt. I mean, they obviously made uh, some additions there with Nate Solder on one side and and Will Hernandez next to him. But we uh, Hernandez is a rookie. We don't really know for sure how good he's going to be. And then the right side of the line right. is obviously a a big problem. So if Will Hernandez uh, yeah, is average, I, I, that's pretty good, right? If you're an average NFL lineman as a rookie, that's probably a pretty good sign. I mean, that that would be a, a, no, that would be a no decent question. season for him. A second round pick, you play yeah. an average lineman in year one, and that's a pretty good season for him. So, but yeah, yeah. The, that, no question, but I, I, I still think you add it all up, you still have a below-average O-line. So I'm with you. That That's certainly a red flag. The defense as a whole, how do you look at this unit? Because, right, two years ago, great. They were great. Right? They, they were. I think they let up the second-fewest points in the league. And then last year, in regards to yards, they end up 31st. So there's a big gap between those two, and it's kind of like, which defense are they? What do you see? Yeah, and health's going to be a big concern here. Again, you, you need these star players to stay, you, and you pretty much have a star on almost every level, right? So I ranked them 24th in defense. I mean, you have Demo, uh, Harrison and Tomlinson up front. That's great. I have them fifth uh, at, at defensive tackle uh, in the NFL. I have them 24th on the edge. You have Vernon, who's a star. But then Kareem Martin, Connor Barwin, I mean, are these guys going to get the job done on the other side? I, relative to the league, I don't think so. Obviously, right. we talked about linebacker. That's, that's a problem area. Corner, you have Jenkins. If he's healthy, he's one of the better shadow corners in the league. That's great, but then Apple, Dion, you know, Webb, Hamilton, Jordan. Yeah. Who, you know, who from that group stands out? And then safety, obviously, Landon, Landon Collins, one of the best in the business. But uh, no, Darian Thompson. I mean, Curtis Riley, Thomas. You know, like Thomas is was supposed to be bringing. You know, supposed to come in to be a special teamer. Yep. He may have to play a big role at safety this year. I mean, you you have you have stars and scrubs almost. That you know, I hate to use the word scrubs for these guys, but right, you know, yeah. it's essentially it's, it's all relative. Fantasy strategy it almost applies there. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my issue. Uh, a lot of star power, uh, but lacking depth. For sure. I mean, it's already a problem that Olivier Vernon's dealing with an ankle injury and didn't practice on right. on Monday of this week already for week one. And, you know, I mean, before signing Connor Barwin, who's nearing the end of his career and is just a role player at this point, they didn't have another guy who top three sacks in any season on their roster before signing Connor Barwin midsummer. So, yeah, that depth, mm-hmm. you keep bringing it up. It's going to be something we hear about all year because in the NFL, guys get injured. It's just that simple. There are going to be guys get get injured. Can this team hold up overall? So, all right, let's take a bigger look, right? The NFC East. Tell me who you like. Yeah, it's got to be Philadelphia. I mean, I think it's kind of crazy. Some people are getting cute and picking, like, the Giants to win the division. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you compare these two rosters and say that they're even close. I mean, the Eagles... I pretty much have a strength at, at every position. They're they're just outstanding. I mean, really, the only issue is health right now. Uh, they're going to be missing a lot of guys on Thursday. Would not surprise me at all if they lose that game without uh, Bradham and Tim Jernigan and without Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey. It's going to be a problem. But you know, they have a good quarterback group overall for the for the uh, the full season. 
They have the best offensive line, hands down, in the NFL. Obviously, a good tight end group. Their, their front seven's terrific. Their safety group's good. Cindy Jones looks like the real deal at corner, uh, coming back from, from missing most of last season. I mean, this team is the best team in the NFL on paper. And the only issue, again, is just the, the off-field slash injury concerns. That's pretty much how you end up as the Super Bowl champion. So I, I, it doesn't surprise me. I'm maybe coming into the season that you're very high on the Eagles. Where where do you stand on the Cowboys? I mean, how, what's the concern level, right? Because their their offensive line is the strength of that team. Their running game and the offensive line. I, I know I know you love yeah. Zeke, right? I mean, you're big on Zeke, but the concern level with that offensive line with uh, Travis Frederick injured, uh, Tyron Smith's back. I mean, always has sort of hangs over him now, right? At this point of his career, and all the other injuries. I mean, Zach Martin was banged up this this summer. So where where do you where are you on that? Yeah, you know what? I, it's funny. I just wrote a, a preview uh, for ESPN. We posted it just a few days ago with power rankings and you know teams that are going to score the most points, the fewest points, unit grades, all kinds of stuff. Um, and I, it's kind of funny how it worked out. The Cowboys and Giants are very similar, right? You have certain units and certain players that are superstars, but right. you're just you look at the roster and you're like, what is going on? They're they're great at linebacker, but they're horrendous in the in the defensive backfield the edge rushing grow can be elite but you know the the front the uh, the sense tackle position is terrible offensively great running back good offensive line if, if most of those guys are on the field but receiver and tight end are atrocious and quarterback <laughs> who knows what which Zach Prescott we're going to get I mean it's just it's just again very much uh, like the Giants in that they have plenty of superstars but just have major holes as well so I, I think they're a so not high on the paper. Cowboys I get it not high not high yeah yeah, more mid-pack. I think they are better than the Giants, but uh, not by a massive margin. I mean, I, I, we made picks back in the, you know, before the, like, beginning of the spring. And I, you know, I was like, all right, let me pick, uh, I like to pick outside the box. So I'm like, let me pick the Cowboys to win the division. I'll pick the Eagles to make the playoffs. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, and I'll, you know what, I love the fact that I, with their line and Zeke and, I mean, people don't realize, but Zeke already averaged the most yards per game last year rushing. I mean, as long as he had played, as long as he had played the whole season, he would have probably been the best run. You know, he would have probably led the league in rushing by a good margin. So I was like, okay, I'll pick him as my MVP and the Cowboys to win the division. But I'll be honest with you, I don't feel so good about that now. Like, I, if I and if I had to make picks, and I'll make picks before the season starts on Thursday. I would not pick the Cowboys to win a division anymore. Like you said, there's just uh, you see a lot of holes on that roster, and the offensive line being banged up really worries me. And I worry about Dak and all those things you mentioned. Just makes makes it a, a big jumbled mess. Now, well, let's, what we already did the Eagles and the Cowboys. So let's just get your real quick take on the Washington Redskins because there's a team to me that could just be all over the map. Yes, yeah, uh, sleeper team here. Uh, there's really not, there's few things that are more important to a team's win total than turnover margin. And the Redskins are going to be much better in that area for one reason. They got Alex Smith, and the guy who's been turning the football over. Uh, So that's going to be super important. It would not surprise me if the Redskins finish top five or even leave the NFL in turnover margin. And that fact alone is enough to make them a viable NFC playoff sleeper. That can get you up to nine wins, maybe ten wins, if things break your way. And this is a a decent team on paper. They still falls in the secondary corners. Uh, a major red flag, but they're, you know, the, the front seven is okay. You know, you obviously, if Jordan Reed tells you that's important, a potentially very good wide receiver trio, uh, losing Darius Geis obviously hurts the running game and the, the O line's about average. I mean, uh, again, sleek, sneaky team probably still needs some pieces in there, but I, again, I could see them getting the eight, nine wins if things break the right way. 
And we'll we'll let you go on this, but we we need what's the projection? Who is the best team in the NFC, and, and who do you like? Kind of who, who who do you like to kind of make it out of there? Uh, yeah, um, you need to subscribe to ESPN Plus to see my my answer to that. Uh, my uh, there we go. See, we do cross promotion <laughs> here. We do cross promotion here. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There's a lot of content in there, so I do suggest checking it out. But listen, I, I do think the Eagles are the best team on paper across the board, but. I did not pick them to win the Super Bowl. I picked the New Orleans Saints. I, I think they're right there. I think it's, it's their time you. to get it done. Yeah, they're healthier right now. They have the quarterback. They have the offensive playmakers. They have a great O-line. The defense has minimal holes now. They filled pretty much every gap on that side. They have a good coach. The schedule is brutal, but that's the case for a lot of NFC teams. I think it's. I think they are setting up to make a, a serious run at it this year, uh, and don't underestimate them. I, they're my pick this year. The New Orleans Saints, who, by the way, the Giants play in Week Four on a brutal stretch to open the season because they got the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are a really good team. Right, that roster is loaded, mm-hmm. and. Then they go to Dallas, who we said isn't great, but that's the Cowboys' home opener. Then the next week they go to Houston. What do you think? Where do you stand on Houston? Yeah, I think they're I think they're about an average team, but lots of upside there. I have uh, I have the Giants losing that one as well. So they get Houston, <laughs> but also again the Texans' home opener, and then come home to play the New Orleans Saints, who you pretty much like as a potential Super Bowl team. So. Uh, that is not easy, yeah. and then it doesn't get much easier. They got Carolina, a Thursday nighter against the, the Eagles, who you obviously think are loaded with talent, and then a Monday nighter against the Atlanta Falcons, who also have a, a very nice roster and, and rate favorably in your in your projection system. So, Mike Clay, yeah, we I, appreciate I it. I only have to. Be- Yep. I was going to say, I only have them as the favorite in four games, and the first one's not till week eight. So, uh, maybe buy low on the, on the Giants after week seven. Yeah, I'm looking right here. You got the, the biggest underdog they are is in that Monday night game by, by far against the Atlanta Falcons in week seven. Uh, pretty big underdogs in week six against the Eagles and four against the Saints. And we know why you said that those are good teams. The most likely giant win in the first seven weeks, according to, or at least the best chance they have to win, according to Mike Clay, is week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. At home. At home. Yeah, obviously that makes a difference, right? I mean, but hey, that that just goes to show you how important that week one game is going to be to this team because the schedule is not going to get any easier. Yep, you're right. If you start one and six, we might be talking uh, about Kyle Walletta. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that would be, uh, that would be a rough one for the Giants, for the Giants, especially if Sam Darnold's doing good across the street. We, we know that. That's so. But Mike Clay, thank you very much. When I, here's the thing. When you speak to Mike Clay, you just leave feeling smarter. Like I just feel, I feel smarter right now after talking to you. Like I, I'm, I'm a smarter person. Yeah, I, I appreciate that for sure. It's always uh, it's always funny to talk about. Uh, you know, obviously, you know the Giants way better than I do. So when I'm like opining and and throwing out my opinions about Barkley and how good he could be, I'm like, uh, you know, you almost second guess yourself because you you want to hear. I want your I want your information. You know, well, you know, you're watching the team. Before so, you go, I will tell you this: I made a prediction today. We didn't make a bold, bold prediction in the season preview that Saquon Barkley is going to catch 80 passes. I could honestly see that happening it. because I mean. I have a- I see what you have. Go ahead, say yeah. that. So tell everyone where you got him at. Yeah, I've met 250 carries, 60 catches, but I'm with you. I could, I could see that upside as well. Like the Eli dump down, get ready for it. I'm telling you, you're mm-hmm. going to see a ton of it, and that the result of that is who's going to who's going to reap the benefits of that? Saquon yeah. Barkley, one guy. 
Yeah. You got it. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, maybe 80 was a little optimistic. I probably should have gone in the 70 range. But if you're going to go hey, big, you either prediction. go hard or go home, right? You got it. It was a bold prediction. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Mike Clay. We appreciate having you. We'll speak again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Jordan. On to the next one. All right. Now that we're all a little bit smarter that we listen to Mike Clay and he drops some knowledge on us, we'll probably get a little dumber because I will answer all your deepest, darkest questions with this week's Giants After Dark segment. Maybe not your favorite segment, but at least my favorite segment. And we're going to start today with Pay the Line 11. He asks, what players are you most excited about on offense and defense? So, obviously, on offense, I mean, I'm excited to see Saquon Barkley out there, right? Number two overall pick. Looks like a stud. Catches the ball great. Let's see what he can do. Let's see what he can do for this offense. Obviously, also, I mean, come on, Odell Beckham. Haven't seen him play since October. Moe, I, I always enjoy seeing great plays and great players. And Odell Beckham in that opener against Jalen Ramsey? Sign me up, man. On defense... BJ Goodson's the guy I'm looking out for, really. I, mean, I, I do, I think he could become a good player. I think he could become the Giants' best linebacker. And also BJ Hill, rookie. And you asked the next question he asked was what rookies you think make the most outsized impact? Obviously, uh, Saquon's number one on that list. Will Hernandez probably two. And then BJ Hill's number three. Interested to see what BJ Hill brings to that defensive line. He's going to start, look pretty good so far. Uh, let's see how he holds up in a full, full role in a regular season game. So. Question number two, Kenneth Antigua asked, Shermer wouldn't say at what point the team decided to move on from Webb. In your opinion, did you see that point? Well, obviously I didn't because I was blindsided by this move, to be honest with you. Uh, they like Kyle Oletta better. If someone had told me that, fine. But to not keep Webb as the three over Alex Tanny was something I absolutely didn't see. But in retrospect, now that you look back on it, you say they didn't play Davis Webb in that fourth preseason game. There is definitely something to that. There, there, it was a meaningful thing because to me, that was probably the point where they said, Hey, we want to see the let at least play with the second teamers here and prove to us that he's a real player. And the Giants, I think, saw some things from there, even though, I mean, I wasn't overly impressed. There was some, there were some things that happened. He underdrew a couple deep balls. I mean, he, what, he completed eight and 19 passes, drew two interceptions. Which I, I, I certainly didn't think he was great, but he also made a couple of nice throws, moved around the pocket well, and I think that was the point where the Giants said, this is our guy. We like this guy better than Davis Webb. Which we want to develop one quarterback. Why are we going to keep them both around? So that's my opinion on that. Next question is from pl- at plus sign. He says, when do we get the flower story? Uh, yeah, I did not forget about that. Don't worry. I will get to telling you all the Eric Flowers story on one of these episodes. I, I failed, I know. I failed. I, I didn't come through. I said I was going to do it in the preseason, I mean the offseason, and it, it didn't happen. Uh, Flowers is still on the roster, though, so it's still relevant. I'll get to it. I promise maybe the bye week will be a good time for maybe when things are like slow. Uh, I'll throw in the uh, Eric Flowers story. It's certainly an uh, interesting, notable story. <laughs> That's the best I could say about that. At Jumanji37 says, how do you think the Jags will combat the Giants' offense? Load the box against Saquon and hope OBJ can't run away from Ramsey? Heck no. Nobody's loading the box against the Giants until they prove they can run it down people's throat. I will tell you that right now. The pass game is what opposing teams are worried or concerned about. So 
I absolutely expect them to concentrating concentrate on stopping the pass, getting after Eli Manning, and shutting down Odell, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and even Saquon in the passing game. So that's how I expect the Jaguars to approach that. Uh, at Schulz13 asks, we need to upgrade our secondary. We have cap space. Will the Giants give a tryout to Eric Reed? See if Bashad Breland is healthy. Uh, Eric Reed, I really don't see happening, especially right now. The Giants, Eric Reed is not a natural free safety, right? So they already have Landon Collins. This isn't a guy who's a great cover guy. He comes with, obviously, the second he comes, there's going to be a lot of questions. So there's a little storm that comes with him. So I just I don't see that being the way the Giants are going to go right now. They like Curtis Riley. They're going to run that out there, see how that goes. And Mike Thomas is sort of their backup in that regard. And I don't think Mike Thomas, to be honest with you, is much different than uh, Eric Reed. I really, from people I talk to, they don't think Eric Reed is. He's not. He's certainly an NFL player, but he's not a top end NFL player, according to the people that I've talked to. So uh, maybe a, a serviceable starter, but. Then again, I think the Giants view Michael Thomas in in the same ilk. And maybe Breland, yeah, sure. Uh, I could see that being a possibility. Uh, the Giants certainly need cornerback help. They picked up three guys on waivers, and they were just cut by their old team. So that kind of shows you where they're at. It's been the Giants' philosophy this offseason is to kind of pick up low-end cornerbacks and certainly not, I think, a little bit of flawed philosophy. So wouldn't be the way I'm going. So, But that's the way it is. So may, maybe Breland... Eric Reed, doubt it. And final question, Thomas Amato7 says, with this upcoming game against the Jaguars looming, would you say the marquee matchup will be in the trenches? How do you think our lines will fare? Well, first of all, no way. The marquee matchup is Odell Beckham Okay, against Jalen Ramsey. First of all, Ramsey is the best cornerback in the league, and Odell is one of the best wide receivers in the league. Coming off an injury and hasn't played in now, what, October? So October to September is 11 months, okay? Everybody wants to see that. I'll sign up for that right now. I, I want to watch it. I'll watch it today. I'll watch them on a practice field. I'll watch them on a side field. I'll walk, watch them on a uh, college field. You name the field. You name the time and the place. And I want to see Jalen Ramsey against Odell Beckham Jr. So that's the marquee matchup, especially when Ramsey talked junk about Eli Manning, right? You know, he went out and basically said uh, Eli's only good because he has uh, Odell. And so that even adds to the drama. So sign me up for that. Uh, as for, we'll throw in a bonus question here. Giants fan in DCS, what do you think Eli does after retirement? Coach, TV booth, GM ownership, or just go away? Uh, you know, I don't see him coaching. Coaching is a tough life. When these guys retire nowadays, they have so much money. To get into coaching, you really, really have to be sold on making your whole life that. I mean, he's got kids. Dude's got three kids, three young girls. Don't see him want to coach. Maybe TV booth, I could see Eli doing that. He's got a that dry sense of humor. But GM ownership is definitely something I could see Peyton and Eli getting into, possibly together later on down the line. So, But we'll see about that. He's got a little time left to play as a whole season. We're just starting right now. And, uh, you know, he thinks he's playing in a few more years. So with that, on to the next one. All right. Do a little Jordan on the beat here, and then we'll, we'll wrap up this prediction episode. And, uh, you know, let me just talk about predictions for a second, right? Tough business. Tough, tough business. If everybody could predict at a 70, 80% clip even, right? 
Forget 100%. 70-80%. I wouldn't be here talking to you guys if I could do that. You'd be making a lot of money. You'd be, especially with legalized gambling now, right in our own backyard. I mean, if you could predict things at that high a clip, forget about it. So you're going to have hits and misses. Everybody has their good and their bad. Heck, while we do the prediction episode, let me remind you. It was just last year, right around this time, the Giants were coming off an 11-5 and campaign. Their defense had allowed the second-fewest points in the NFL in 2016. I came on this air. I wrote it. The Giants were going to have the number one defense in the NFL last year. Do you know where the Giants finished? 31st. 31st. That's how far off I was with that prediction. It happens, though. Those kind of things happen. It happens. You can't predict what's going to happen. You, What happened with the Giants last year, the way they imploded, the way they did, the way they fell apart defensively, had guys suspended left and right on the defensive side, sometimes you just can't predict these things. So we do our best, and it's fun. Look, this is the entertainment business. We're all, you know, I, I like to hear people's opinions. I assume you like to hear people's opinions. You're listening to me right now. So you hit and you miss. I predicted, I thought Eric Flowers was going to be a heck of a player. I thought it was a good draft pick. That didn't work out so well. You know, so, you know, you hit, you win some, you lose some. I I liked the Odell pick. I thought that was a good pick. I thought he was going to be a good weapon. Can never have too many receivers. Turned out all right. I predicted plenty of Odell things to him to do. And he's... You basically predict Odell to do well when he's on the field and you he makes you look smart. But it's hard to make predictions. I, I questioned the Eli Apple pick. I, I wasn't on board with that being the guy. There's I know there was people inside the Giants war room that weren't that that was the guy. And that backfired in their face. At least as of right now. So you win some, you lose some with predictions. But that's why we're here, because we're having fun, and we come at you with my 2018 prediction of an 8-8 eight eight record. And Mike Clay drops some knowledge on you with his predictions and projections. So it was a fun episode. Now we're going to move on. We'll even have a fantasy episode later this week. Get ready for it. A fantasy Giants-specific episode. Which How those guys are going to fare. How the Giants players, their defense, even the Shepherds, Ingrams, uh, Odell's, Manning, uh, Saquon, how they're going to fare in fantasy and what you should think of them. We'll bring on Adam Levitan, expert from DraftKings and Fantasy Labs. He, trust me, knows his stuff. You listen to him, you do well. You look at my teams that I drafted in my fantasy leagues. I've always left the draft with the best team. I'm the I'm a bad in, in-season general manager, but I leave my auction draft usually with one of the best teams. This year, not so much maybe. but And that's because he gives me a list beforehand. High on these guys, low on these guys. Don't take these guys. And I follow that, and guess what? Every year, probably have the best team in the league out of the draft. I screw it up later on, but that's my own problems. I got my own problems over here. So we'll get to that. Keep an eye out for that podcast episode. It's coming right on the heels of this one. So it'll be sort of back-to-back, taping in the same day. But they'll be, they'll be out both this week in the lead-up to the season. And as always, remember... Like the podcast, comment. We need you to support it. We need your support. Without you, this podcast doesn't exist. So support it. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. 
Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email. It's easy to find me. Trust me. I'm Jordan Radon, your ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. Did my voice just crack? I think it just cracked. We'll see you next time.